Hello everyone and welcome back to the fifth episode of the whole 115 Yards Women's Football Podcast. My name is Freya and today as always I'm joined by my co-host and co-founder Lindsay. How are you doing after today's match? <laughs> um, well if the uh, game that started today was anything to go by between Australia and France I think my nerves uh, couldn't cope with the England game um, but I am so happy. How about you? So, so happy. Yeah. I mean, we were both up early, weren't we? I think we both yeah. woke up just before eight o'clock, just before kickoff. And if anyone wants to have a look at our Twitter feed from today, um, I think that just sums up <laughs> um, how we were feeling all of the way through. Um, so, yeah. So looking at, let's do a quick actually recap on Australia, France. For those of you who don't know, we write blogs for Villa News and we are huge supporters of Aston Villa Women. And big shout out to everyone from the Aston Villa Women Supporters Club who went down to the Aston Inn today for a big watch along. We hope you all had a fantastic time. Um, we really wish we could have been there and we will be with you very, very soon. But yeah, so we have Kenza Darley who plays for Aston Villa and also for the French team as well. Now, she played phenomenally, even though the commentators kept saying, Oh, not so good from Dali and all of this. Well, like, no, no, Arkans is fantastic. Like, you know, <laughs> none of that. Um, but I knew it was going to be tight. I thought it might have gone to penalties. Um, but did you see any of that unfolding? Um, yeah, you could just see the way it was so close and it was so tight. And the commentators are obviously biased and going, oh, it's a game for Sam Kerr to shine. And it's just like... Well, she didn't come on until, what, 60 something minute yeah but there's more players on that pitch than sam kerr thank you and, um I, I think it's a game where you've got so many talented french players you've got people like wendy renard who can just you put the ball on her head it's going in um you know Steph, somewhere. caitlin caitlin ford they, they've both been really good um put a, i saw an interview with mackenzie arnold's mum um on the socials uh, this afternoon. And she said, I thought it was going to go to penalties. I thought it was going to be tight, but it just shows the standard of this level of football. And you you can't afford to snooze. If you snooze, we get complacent, we get cocky, not looking at the American team, um, then you, uh, you're you going to lose. And you've got to be best game, every game all the way through the tournament. It's been a proper tournament of, of tournament football. Yeah. And I think that's the difference between tournament football and, of course, league football. It's you can't afford to have a bad day. You can't afford to not show up or give anything less than 100%. And while we're talking about stand-up players, um, we said in our very first podcast, didn't we, players to watch. And one of yeah. mine was Elisa de Almeida. And she was injured and she didn't play much. But I was hoping that she'd get a chance to shine. And my God, today, she was phenomenal. Um, again, I put a little clip up on our TikTok and that's gone absolutely mad. Like with Millie Bright, um, you know, last ditch defending, just proper throwing her body on the line. She cleared a phenomenal shot. And at this moment, I can't remember who it was by, but she, that, that kept France in the game. And all of the replays i was like how yeah. did she get her body there and it's that intelligence that we keep talking about isn't it it's that quality and that you're not ball watching you're constantly going right who's around me what space can i move into and she was outside the box and you don't even see her as as the player is coming in and 
it's oh i can't remember i think it was kyra cooney cross um i can't remember but it comes into the box it comes off a defender and then another shot comes in and suddenly dalmida is running across suddenly her body's in the way and then it's deflected out and it's not it you know it's not shot on goal anymore and it was so quick and so fast and it got me worried a little bit for england because watching that match i was thinking this is so high level and they have both turned up and there's so much skill on this pitch and it's nil nil we're obviously going to be facing one of these teams and it got me a bit on edge i'm not gonna lie and then the fact it went to penalties and what was the, what was there 20 penalties taking 20 penalties yeah like that's mad that's <laughs> absolutely crazy but i what do you think about Mackenzie Arnold taking the penalty? I thought that uh, was a bit of a risk, a bit of a cocky move, mm-hmm. really, because she she saved the penalty and then she had the penalty to win it. And I thought this could be her moment and this could really do the best thing for her confidence. And I thought this this could go in. And then she absolutely fluffed it up. And I was like, oh, this is this penalty shootout is going to go like the game it's going to go to the wire it's going to go to the people who didn't volunteer to take penalties didn't want to take penalties that are going to have so much pressure on them that they're going to regret not volunteering because in those first five there's no pressure compared to a knock um sudden death and i think yeah it was it was just awful looking looking at the stress on the players and if you you think about stressful situations, but you know when you're surrounded by seventy-eight thousand players and it's, you've got the home team playing, um, it's quite intimidating. So yeah, because the noise in that stadium was incredible. Like obviously it's in Australia, Australia were playing, but the majority of that stadium were yellow. Like <laughs> right? so, for yeah. France to put in that performance and to not be deterred by the crowd, because um, there were. Yeah, like because there were a lot of booze going on every time they seemed to touch the ball. Um, but yeah, so they did phenomenally well. And when it was going in France's favour, because obviously technically, yes, we were supporting Kenzo, but it could have gone either way, not having a really strong allegiance. And it got to the point where we were like, I don't know who to cheer for now, because that was really good, but that was like where where are our thoughts going? And it got down to it when it looked like France were going to win, and then it changed. And it just completely flipped and then suddenly australia were going through so i was watching it with uh, my wife my mum, my dad and my mum, bless her knows nothing about football but she was watching it and she was like right so what's happening now so who's gonna get through we were like right hang on let's work it out right if australia get the next one they're through and then they missed she's like so what's happening now <laughs> and it was like a minute by minute because it was just changing so quickly wasn't it and like I'm obviously you can hear it in my voice. I'm getting excited now talking about it uh, again. But I think that went on till what ten past eleven. Yeah. And then the England game kicked off at half past. So it was like right, I've got twenty minutes to calm down <laughs> and have a drink and get a cup of tea and just calm and breathe. But yeah, so that was a phenomenal way to start in the morning. So uh, shall we talk about uh, the England match? Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 
<laughs> so um this um is just audio this week we are looking into um turning it into a video podcast at some point in the future but i am currently sitting wearing my england shirt um are you still wearing yours yeah i'm still wearing mine yeah um and every time i put it on i'm like right come on let's get behind the lionesses let's just represent and let's really go for it and Right, so coming into this match then, so England had won all of their games, not by much in some of them, but they had, they'd won four out of four coming into this. Colombia, on the other hand, had only lost one game, and that was to Morocco in the group stages. So coming into this, Lindsay, how were you feeling about facing Colombia from what you've seen? Well, we had the zip. The warm-up matches with Ireland, where um, it was um, called off because of their physicality. Um, obviously, there's no real footage of the whole time they were playing, so we don't know. We only seen snippets of it, so we knew that they were quite physical um, and quite a, a challenge to play against. Um, and then we've seen them take on Germany and win, which is, you know, that I know Germany didn't click and they had the best tournament, but they're a good team so if they can demolish germany although it was at the end of the game then it it, it shows that they're there for the taking and we saw them play in the last round uh, and they were really competitive so you might look at them on paper and think oh you know little little country from far away won't do much but absolutely the opposite and they they play their heart out today so um they should be proud of what they've achieved, you know, getting this far. And I don't mean that in a, a derogatory way at all. I think they've done fantastic and every team that's got this far. The standard of football at this level is just so high. They should all be proud. They should all be going home happy and proud. Oh, definitely. Like the fact that, so I was looking at how many were in attendance because that stadium seemed absolutely packed. Uh, to the rafters 75,784 people were there for that match which is phenomenal and I remember one of the reporters that I follow I can't remember which one um, at the moment she said when she touched down in Australia she was told that this is not a footballing nation and if it wasn't a footballing nation I think it might be on the turn um, because you don't just get 75,000 turning up for something that they don't care about but the support for the Matildas has been phenomenal so it's brilliant that the Colombian fans have had a phenomenal time um, and some of the England fans as well. It was really nice to see Leah Williamson there um, supporting her team too. We did wonder, didn't we, whether she'd fly out and whether she'd... Um, she was always, she'd... She was, if she could go, she was always going to go. If her PR yeah. team and the management team let her go. I mean, her mum, I think, has been out there for most of the tournament, if not all of the tournament. Yeah. And I think her brother flew out and then she flew out. So it's great to have that support, you know, as the captain from the Euros. And it'd be good for the girls. And she's such an integral part of the team. It's it, It'll be great for her to be there. And obviously she won't disrupt them too much, but she'll just be there to cheer them on. And if you see the photos of them after, they're all so happy to see it. Alex yeah. Greenwood, Georgia Stanway, Kira Walsh, they're all reunited. So it was it was fantastic. Well, it is. It's having your best friend there, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, because she's played with them for so many years. And just to have her as that extra support, extra, you know, someone cheering them on, yeah. regardless of whether she should be there as captain or not, it's, you know, it's brilliant for them to be able to be able to see her. We predicted our lineup, didn't we? Predicted our team. 
yeah. we said Kira Walsh still coming back from that knock. We don't want to push her too much. So maybe start Katie Zellum and then bring Kira on from 60th minute onwards ish. Now, when the team sheet was released, we saw Ella Toon had come back in for Lauren James, who's serving her too much ban and Kira Walsh was starting. So we, we were just out, we were just out by two people, weren't we? Um, Cause we also wanted Bethany England to start as well. Yeah. Now, yes or no, were we missing Lauren James in today's match? <laughs> no, not really. I have nothing to add to that. But <laughs> no, I completely agree. I I don't think we did at all. Um, I so we've said this about Lauren James before. She has a lot of potential. We're not taking that away from her at all. But there are certain games, like we've said, I think you said it last time, that she is suited to, and. I don't, I don't know if today's game would have suited her anyway. I don't know about you. Do you think? Yeah, my 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 opinion is she wouldn't have been given the time on the ball today, which is to play the way that she wants to play, mm. and she wouldn't be able to skip past the defenders the way she does in the WSL because they're so physically fit mm. and fast. Um, but and I think actually the next game against Australia. It won't be the same, but it will be halfway there mm. um, between Colombia and playing normally. But the final or the runners-up, whichever game we play against Sweden or Spain, that will be the game that she'll be more suited to. Yes. And if we're playing Spain, absolutely, she will fly. So I think it's actually a blessing because it takes the pressure off her so that she's not having maybe less luck and getting frustrated so i actually think it's a blessing in disguise it takes the pressure off the team it helps the team pick itself for itself and without kira walsh we do miss kira without we we're saying earlier without millie without leah without beth without fran we do miss them you know we do miss when players are off but with this setup we don't miss but it forces serena's hand to make changes and be less predictable and be more proactive in finding a formation that clicks because we're still not quite there we, we're there ish but we're kind of flirting with the idea rather than clamping on so yeah and i think yeah. we've looked the strongest today since probably the china match um mm -hmm especially in that first half, which we will talk about momentarily. Um, but I just wanted to mention what Lucy Bronze said in one of her interviews. She said, the best is yet to come. And I think she's right. I think the more they are playing in this style, they're playing together, they kind of know, okay, we've put those injuries to one side. This is what we've got. This is what we need to do. And that belief that they say they've always had, we're starting to see on the pitch. And that yeah, and think about it. You think about it, if you get like a, a new team at the start of a season, it takes them till Christmas to gel. Yeah. So they've had that till Christmas to gel in the warm up and the group stages. And now that that point where they need to kick on and it's all theirs for the taking. But the fact that they haven't gelled yet fully and that I'm not convinced that they're the best they can be at this moment in time. Mm -hmm means that going forward it can only get better yeah because lauren hemp said in an interview afterwards didn't she she said you know i feel like because she was asked are you the best 
are you giving your best at the moment or something like that? And she said, well, I'm always trying to improve. I'm always trying to get better. And I give my everything, but I know there's always room for improvement. And I think that maturity is what we need. We need players that aren't coming in cocky. They're not coming in too big for the boots. They're going, right, I'm here to graft and I'm here to work. And we'll talk about Lauren Hemp um, a bit more later on. So let's talk about um, the first half then. So we both said they need to come out, out the blocks, really quick, really direct with a lot of strength because we knew Columbia were going to be physical. They knew they would take any advantage if they could. So did they start the game as well as you'd hoped? Um, I think we had quite a few early chances early on. And I think if we'd scored one of those it would have been yeah. a different outcome. And also the refing, which we'll talk about later, if there were cards shown for clattering Lauren Hemp and grabbing Rachel Daly by the neck, which are both yellow card offences. What a mouth, wasn't it? A yeah. thumb like went right in a cheek, so yeah. If those, obviously there were other fouls, but I think if they were carded and the goals had gone in or one goal had gone in at the start mm. between Rach, between... Um, Lessie, then I think it would have changed the dynamic and maybe would have sped the game, the pace of the game up because it was when Columbia were in charge, they, they were moving with purpose. Whereas when we had it, we were more like, let's take control, let's, you know, be calm. And it's not a game where you can be calm. You have to want it for the 90 minutes because at the end of the 90 minutes, you need to win. You can't be like, mm -hmm. oh, I'm going to coast till 86 minutes and then bang to it in. You're not playing, you know, five-a-side Sunday league and sleep for the start of the game. You've got to be on, the, on your game from the beginning. Um, and I think that makes a, a, yeah, a big difference. We were talking about it. Then the first five minutes, Leslie had a shot on goal. And how it didn't go in, I do not know. I think it had like three rebounds, yeah. didn't it? It just, it just kept trying. So, yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah. If that had gone in. I think that would have set them up completely differently and maybe knocked Columbia a bit more and threw them off their game. But yeah, I think the first half, the way they played was much, much better. It was much stronger. Um, they were very dominant and they looked like the Lionesses that win the Euros. And because I was texting you, wasn't I, during the thing, and we were like, right, we'll not be too positive just in case. <laughs> we won't jinx it, touch wood. Yeah, we say so and so's having a good game, and then the map absolutely make a howler. So, yeah. but yeah, that first half was was really good. There were things to improve on mm. going into the next game. Um, where Rachel Daly was that positioning, there was a big debate about that in the commentators. Like, where is she actually playing? Is she playing at the back? Is she playing up front? Because Lucy Bronze is pushing up really high but Rach isn't but is Rach holding back because she needs to hold back to give cover for the defense yeah. or is she playing a, a, a less advanced role to allow Hempo to push up or you know what 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 exactly are they doing um she was doing both wasn't she like she was she was supporting yeah. Hempo up front but actually she was, the amount of defending she needed to do as well yeah um so yeah, it was that toss up of well, what actually is her role, or is she, as she does, just go in, get stuck in, see where you end up, which isn't. There was a big gap where it was where in the last game behind Lucy there was a gap and it was exploited. This game the gap was mm. round rage, so we need to make sure that we solidify that weakness going forward. 
and maybe not have people pushing as deep or having um like Tooney fall back a bit deeper to allow Rach to go up um or Katie Zellum or Laura Coombs whoever plays that central role maybe drops a yeah. bit deeper and plays a bit deeper in the Lucy Staniforth role which we won't talk about her not being there but yeah playing that role <laughs> allowing Rach to push up and then covering for her. Yeah, and that's all I'm sure going around in Serena's head. Um, and again, we'll talk about her team management and subs a bit later on when we cover the second half. So as the first half was ending, um, it was still nil-nil. And then Santos delivers this lovely cross into the box, but ends up going over Mary Epps's head <laughs> and into the top corner. Um, what was your reaction when that went in and he saw the net rippling? I couldn't believe it. Um, but was it a cross? Was it a shot? It looked like a Beth Mead crop. Um, I think she meant it's a cross, but <laughs> with the speed that she was moving at, it, if you're moving that fast and you haven't got the energy in your legs when you get there, then it affects your accuracy mm. so i think that she might have meant it as a cross for someone to run onto and head in but because she got rachel daly there it was like panic station what do i do do i get it in do i take rachel on mary's footwork was for rachel being took on and then when it didn't happen mary panicked and tried to get back and you know she was fingertips away a hair hair and a whisker away from getting a, a finger on that and if she'd got a finger on it i think she might have been able to push it against the bar and then that may or may not have gone in i'm not saying it wouldn't have gone in but it may have given someone like millie chance to clear it or lucy chance to clear it so yeah i was i was like oh no but i knew it would make the lionesses angry and maybe this is what they needed to be the kick up the bum to make them deliver and my gosh that is what they did they you know they went up the other end and seven minutes later yep our hempo gets the goal uh finally but again a bit scrappy yep but it got in it got over the line and i think we again we were saying at the time one one probably obviously going going in um at halftime up would have been the best but actually going in level is like right okay we've got one we need to get another one what's our game plan going to be um now we haven't seen serena make um that many halftime substitutions she's not really that kind of manager is she um so coming out into the second half then we were expecting okay we need that consistency we need that strength more than ever because coming into the second half there seemed to be a drop, didn't there? They weren't they weren't as intense, England. And you could feel the drop off, couldn't you? Um so what I don't know, do you think it was just tired? Yeah. Um, been a bit what what do you think in that second half? They they were pushed, weren't they? And it was concentration yeah. levels and to be given credit, they held their concentration all the way till the end because that's where Germany fell down towards the end and that's where Colombia punished them. So yeah. I think fresh legs towards the end of the game allowed that and also accommodated if we needed to go into extra time to have fresh legs on there because the Colombians I don't think would have been would have had the fitness levels to compete for the full 120 the way our girls could but 
we'd gone through against Nigeria with penalties. We'd already played extra time, so we'd yeah. already got tired legs out there. And there's only so much ice baths and cryotherapy that you can do to recover. Um, and it's quite a short turnaround as well. So I think, yeah, there's a lot of tired legs out there. When you're the team behind and it's only one goal, in the last 10 minutes, you really do everything to pull out all the stops and put pressure on. And it's just a matter of getting the ball up the pitch and getting rid of it um, to start the cycle of defending again. And that's what happened because it was such a close game. They were able to do that. Whereas if we were playing a team um, that we'd, we were four or five nil up, then, you know, we could have coasted the end of, of, of that game and relaxed and taken players off and made substitutions earlier. But it was all a game of concentration. And this is a thing with the uh, Australia game with yeah. France putting on a new keeper at the, at the end. And I'm like, you had a player play all this game that's in the game, that's in the zone, in the intensity, and you're going to put somebody in who's been sat on the side, who has been watching but hasn't been involved and isn't at that level, to throw them in for a couple of minutes mm. and then penalties. And I think that's very much what happened with us. It was like Chloe Kelly comes on 84th minute, get her warmed up, ready for the extra time, if it goes to extra time. If not, we can use her to get the ball up and we've got Beth England to come on, be scrappy, play deep like she does for Spurs. And then between her and Chloe, one of them can go and run with it and just take it to a corner. So I think the second half was a different technique, uh, different man management to the game, but it was a very tough game and, and Colombia really pushed us for it, which is just credit to them mm-hmm. and for, for what they've achieved. Yeah, and, you know, they all said it's not going to be an easy game. None of them have been easy games. And I think because we changed our style of play to be like, right, okay, how can we manage this? How can we secure that next goal if we can get it? Um, Because of that, it allowed Colombia more time on the ball, more possession. Um, We were just looking at stats. And overall, um, Colombia had about 40% possession. But as we've seen with um, Japan in particular, they won against Spain with about 20% of possession. So actually possession, it needs to mean something, doesn't it? And I'm sure we've spoken about that before. And they're great on the counter, aren't they? They're absolutely fantastic. Yes, the big threat. Absolutely. The only problem they've got is their accuracy. So they might be having more shots on, mm. on goal in some games, but if they're not yeah. getting them on target, like their goal wasn't a shot on target. It was a cross that turned into a crop. It wasn't like they ran on goal and took on players and had a shot and it went in. So I think yeah. it just shows that accuracy let them down because if that had been a team like Netherlands, Japan, Sweden, even Spain, they would have been so clinical and it would have been a really high scoring game and we would have been punished for not burying our early chances. And again, just to look at the stats for that, so total shots, Colombia had 15, we had 10. We had six on target. They only had three on target. Um, we had four off. They had six off. And it just, like you said, it shows their accuracy just wasn't there yet. So for a team as incredibly young as they are, so much talent, so much potential, if they work on their accuracy, they're going to be even more deadly. Um, if they have investment yeah. and training and resources put to them, then they will make a, a, a big difference. And I think the next World Cup, they will be 
ones to watch if they carry on on this trajectory they will definitely be ones to watch definitely and going back to kind of their style of play and how they present themselves so we've briefly spoken about the Irish game where it got called off because it was too physical. Now, in their last yeah. couple of matches, they've been a bit pushy and a bit shovey, but nothing over the top. So when they were saying to, you know, about the Irish girls, oh, it was, you know, they're just whinging, whatever. And this game, you could kind of see why the Irish, like we said before, called it off because there should have definitely been more yellow cards. Um, and again, in one of the supporters groups that we're in, someone commented going, we were in the stadium and we were all shouting at the ref to give out those yellow cards because Karen Carney called them um, streetwise uh, in her commentary, which I thought was a very polite way of saying it. And But they're rough and that's how they've always played. And I think if they can get away with it, you're going you're gonna to do it, aren't you? But... It felt as though, and we said this as well, that they're fine to give it out, but taking it is something completely different. Um, Linda Caicedo, you know, being 18 and a phenomenal talent as she is, spent a lot of time rolling around on the floor. And I don't know if you remember the moment that um, I think Lucy, it was on the far side of the pitch, and I think Lucy had gone into her. Uh, Lucy went to help her up, and she proper shoved her away, said no, rolled over twice, and then continued to clutch her knee or a foot. And it's like, yeah. it's like, well, you're not that injured because you've just put pressure on it twice to roll over to get away from Lucy and make a scene. So it's that. And she, she jumped into Lucy. That was the thing. And Lucy yeah. didn't didn't touch her. Um, and if you're going to jump into, I said this to um, my friend that I was watching the game with, and I said, if you're going to jump into anyone, um, you don't jump into Lucy because she's, she's so muscular. You're going to come off worse. The only person that's... Worst to jump into would be Millie Bright or Jess Carter because they are absolute units. Um, and speaking and of Jess Carter, uh, she went down, Rich Daly went down, Alex Greenwood went down, all with, you know, hits to the face, as we mentioned before, um, really bad shoulder barges, like, again, pushing and shoving, we know is part of the game, um, and, you know, kind of bullying onto the ball and that pressure. But some of that, that wasn't just... Um, oh, I was going for the ball. Some of those tackles, there was no intent on getting the ball. It was just get the player to the floor, get them out of the way. So we just needed, and I think we were saying this as well, weren't we? Kind of the refereeing overall has been okay, has been good. We've obviously got referees that are quality, um, very professional, very high level. We trust them. It felt like today, I've seen this ref before, thought she was all right but I think today yes maybe yellow cards early could have gone two ways couldn't it it could have gone right you do that you get a yellow do it again you're off and I think with a team like Colombia that should have been the way to do it not oh I'll kind of let play continue free kicks whatever because again going back to the stats um we've got fouls committed eight for Colombia officially um and I just think some of those challenges, how they weren't yellows, I do not know. Um, so for you watching it, what did you think of the referee? I thought the standard of refereeing across the tournament has been poor because it's been inconsistent. There's been some great refereeing and there's been some poor refereeing. There's been some questionable use of VAR. Yes. It's almost like, oh my gosh, VAR's here, so we've got to use it for every decision. 
and then there's been other times when it's been like where's VAR like you know if VAR was given penalties and doing this last week and then this week it doesn't exist like you know where's the consistency and we wouldn't have had that in the in the game when yeah. she tripped over her own feet and it was given as a penalty and they didn't check it on VAR yeah, yeah. it's, so it's, it's like that and it's just not consistent and even the VAR itself hasn't been consistent it's been like one, one rule for one, one rule for mm. another. And it's not even like you can say, oh, specific teams that are um, dominant um, teams within the competition are getting um, decisions made, which you see in, like, in the men's game and, it, it, well, in, in the World Cup there. But it just seemed like really, really bad referee. And, um, and it's a shame. But at the same time, I can see why she let game play on because... They got quite a few players on yellow cards. If they got another yellow card, they'd be out for the next game. So that in itself should have been a deterrent for people to be quite calm. Um, and, you know, if the refereeing had gone the way that I would have done the referee and Georgia Stanway would have had a yellow today and she would have missed the next game, which nobody wants to see Georgia out, um, but she would have been out for the next game. But at the same time, Colombia would have been down to 10 players so it, it, it would have completely changed the dynamic of, of the game itself so I think it's really difficult because refs are paid for giving cards they are encouraged to give cards um, but at the same time it's like really you know is is that the right thing to do I know it's a controversial thing to say but you've got to be fair and it's got to be consistent and it can't be like one rule for one and one rule for another. And if we look at that game and the fouls committed and compare it to another game, which went off with less um, fouls, um, less proper fouls committed, like the the Australia-France game, and you would think, oh, these two games were just as clean on paper, but actually the Australia-France game was a lot yeah. more clean and this was a lot more... Um, streetwise <laughs> streetwise is going to be the new tagline I think but yeah I think the Australia France game their first half ended with I think it was one minute of added time Yeah, which you know compared to every other game I think that's had about you know six to ten minutes which is um, awful because then if you play in 120 you don't want to play another eight minutes like come on it's the concentration um, levels isn't it it's not yeah. just fitness it's about being in the zone and it's, it's fatiguing Absolutely. And we could see it, you know, just before Russo got subbed off, just her legs had completely gone because she'd been working so hard in that concentration. And we'll be like, right, okay, now's the time for fresh legs. And speaking of fresh legs, um, Serena and her substitutions. Uh, what do you think about, we've touched on it briefly, she made substitutions at the 84th and 93rd minute. Um, is that enough time for any impact? In that game, not really, but I don't think they were brought on for that. I think they were brought on for, like I said earlier, if it went to extra time. Um, but they were brought on to solidify what we got. And they can both, both Chloe and Beth can be defensive in their play. And having, yeah. Chloe will happily run by herself into a corner with the ball. We've seen her do it before. So will Beth. Yeah. But at the same time, Beth will track back and get good tackles and she's done it for Spurs or well, the, the half season she was there, Chloe is very similar. So I think they were very good tactical um, 
subs to do and then they could get into the game they could get focused and then if it went to extra time they were in the game they were ready and they were ready for penalties so that they were psychologically at the level that's needed for the intensity to handle that pressure so i think although we were all like put a sub on put a sub on at 70 minutes to see the game out and get another goal it wasn't that type of game if we'd have pushed for that third goal ultimately we could have conceded two and then ended up in a worse position and lost it so it's a very catch-22 situation yeah and as we keep saying in serena we trust and that's what we need to do and last thing we were just going to talk about um on terms of substitutions um kira walsh we want to protect her with all of our might we want her to be fit we want her to be 100 percent match ready we said again at about 70 minutes um would you have taken her off today because there was a couple of times they were all over her so i i don't know what what would you have done with kira today i possibly would have kept on um because okay so you wouldn't have changed any of them at that intensity if you're bringing yes. on players that haven't got experience at cup this level of cup then admittedly we've got other players that haven't got this experience but aren't used to playing regularly at this level because who would you bring on you bring on katie mm -hmm. zellum laura coombs and is that a risk too much if we were in a position yeah. where we were in control of the game 100 percent bring her off but i wouldn't have, i would have left her because she wasn't struggling but i would have been very keen to look at her stats on her sports bra um to see if she was in pain with her heart rate and her fitness levels to see if she was struggling and then i'd bring her off for 80 minutes and put katie zellum on who again is defensively minded that would then take us through and would be a spot um spot kick taker for the penalties if we got that far but it's quite controversial it's very touch and go what story care i think it's very much monitor and see yeah and i think that's the hard thing because obviously we're just looking at it from a tv um and obviously again we aren't serena we aren't the team we don't have that data to go from and again we're discussing it because we just want to know all the options don't we and we just want the best from her um last question about the players how do you think ella toon did today because coming in for because she's essentially been dropped for lj hasn't she yeah so how do you rate her performance coming back into the match i thought she did all right i don't think she, she lit the ground alight but i thought she did all right she got some good tackles in um but yeah i, I was she, she was there to not be creative and let hempo and lessie do the creativity mm. and i think positioning wise if her and rachel had been given more structure on where they need to be um that could have worked really well it showed potential um she gets a lot of hate but this season mark skinner's played it indifferently um in a different role um and it's not about assists and goals which we've seen at the euros it's been about being more of a team player more midfielder he's molded her into a different player and she's been that different player for england as well so she wasn't that kira walsh replacement 
um, that she was at the Euros. Mm. So I think having her play a bit deep, um, she did all right. Um, mm. She is playing well. It's just she's playing out position. And if you play a player out position, then it can be quite difficult. I think that's the thing that we're used to seeing her, you know, pushing forward a lot more and being in that kind of starring role. And um, if you think back to the Euros, but you're right, her purpose is different in this tournament. Um, she's been given a job to do and she's doing it well. I would have liked to seen her being a bit more physical. It looked like she was a bit scared <laughs> to uh, tackle some of the Colombians, but they, they were a very physical, strong team. And if you didn't have to, there's no point putting yourself in the danger zone, is it? So she's not a, a physical, a, a no. physical well-built girl, is she? She's quite slim. So, I mean, um, she's strong, don't get me wrong, but like if one of them shoulder bars, she's obviously going out the stadium and into the car park, isn't she? <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, I just, I think because we're so used to seeing that kind of spectacular moment, I think because she's not giving that because her role is different, it looks like she's underperforming. Yeah, but she's but, not. But when you really watch it, yeah, she's not absolutely good. I'm glad we, we've put that to one side. Now, shall we look forward to our next match? Yeah, I'm nervous. So nervous after this morning. So looking ahead then, we are facing Australia. It has been decided today in the semi-finals and they are the only team to have beaten England under Serena Wiegmann. Now we've talked about their match briefly, uh, but going into it, head versus heart, who do we genuinely think is going to win? And do we think it's going to be another penalty decider? I think it's going to be really tough. I can see it going to penalties because mm. we've, we, when we played them and they beat us, we've grown a lot yeah. and they haven't, well, they have grown, don't get me wrong, but they've had a consistent same team. Yeah. We've Where changed a lot. We've had different. And I think if, if we can contain them and we can play like we've played the last few games, we stand a real, real shot. Mm. But home advantage, the home fans today, having so many Colombian fans and the, the Australians love supporting the underdog. So they were there today cheering them on and booing us. So at least we're used to hostile games. And hostile games that the girls are used to playing have been like 5,000 at tops, um, not 70 80,000 and this one is going to be absolutely packed out because we know what the rivalry is between the two teams um this is going to be another england germany game and it's going to go to the wire i think it's going to go to extra time for sure um yeah and it's just a matter of war of attrition who digs deep um us or them and i just don't know who's going to win it's just yeah i want it to be us but home advantage often plays a part so i'll probably go penalties to be neutral and sit on the fence <laughs> i yeah i'm with you on that one i can't looking at their performances throughout we've both had kind of i say we again um like i'm on the team England and Australia have both had moments where they've been blindsided by an opponent and they've both come back stronger. And because they've both been on this roller coaster, 
we've seen Japan, for example, were absolutely smashing it and then were derailed at the last minute. So this is the type of World Cup that we've said before where literally anything can happen. And we saw it this morning. Australia were nearly out. France were right there and then it turned so quickly. And that's why I, I can't I can't call it. I think again with the match this morning, penalties was fair because there was nothing in it. There was nothing in the match yeah. at all. And I think as long as England turn up the way they have been in the China match, in today's match, I think we've got a really good chance if we stay clinical, if we take our chances, that's the main bit. And we in today as well, I forgot to say it, there were some really scrappy clearances that I held my breath through. It didn't seem like they could clear the ball out of the box at all. So yeah. if we tighten up in some certain areas and we just give that that passion and that determination that we know we have. Um, and going back to when we said earlier, these are the lionesses that won the Euros. Like this is our team. This is the one, you know, that's gonna make it. And I think we've got a really strong chance. Um, but yeah, I think it might have to be penalties again. But I think I think like Colombia today, we didn't have much time on the ball. And I no. think this game, both teams are gonna have more time on the ball. So it's gonna be more free flowing mm. game. It's gonna be more about football rather than who's the biggest bully. And I think that's going to be more exciting. We're going to see more nutmegs. We're going to see more coarse turns. We're going to see mm. lots of, lots of uh, trickery um, and showboating. But I think we're going to see a lot more technic technical stuff. And this isn't to discredit Colombia at all, but I think they led with physicality, whereas Australia are going to be technical. And it's going to be a good warm-up for if we beat them to play either Sweden or Spain it's going to prepare us really well. So we have to trust the process of whoever we play, whether we're playing the final or the runners up, it's going to prepare us um, and take that as a positive. But the girls have got this far and they should be so, so proud. So incredibly proud. And, you know, being in the final four, it's something that we've proven even without the team that we would have probably brought we can still do it. We've got that much depth in the squad and it's going to be tight. But I think, like you said, it's going to be a brilliant game. It's going to be that professional, high quality game you would expect in a semi-final. And I yeah. think when it comes down to crunch time, it's, of course, the best teams that I've got there. But all four really deserve it the way they've played, I think. Um, so if we are optimistic and we say, yeah, we're going to win. <laughs> and yeah. Who would you rather in the final, Sweden or Spain? Mm, neither. <laughs> yeah, well, oh, it's going to be hard either way. Yeah, of course it is, absolutely. Um, I think Sweden, mm. because Spain are just so technical and they play such beautiful football. Yeah. And Sweden have got a second win recently and if we can stop the scoring then and we're, we're used to playing against the the swedes swedish forwards so in the wsl so we're very aware of what they bring so we're quite informed whereas mm -hmm. with spain we know what they bring and we know how good they are um but i think they're quite a strong team yes they're missing um Mappy Leon, but um, I think 
yeah, I think Spain would be the tougher game because it would just be a really technical chess piece type game. Whereas with Sweden, it would be more free flowing and more we can exert dominance in that game where Spain won't let us. So probably want Sweden, um, but I'd love to see any of the last four in the final. So I'm just stuck. Yeah, it all feels deserved, doesn't it? And any four, yeah, the, these four are the, the probably the best four um, on runner form. And yeah, I think whoever makes it to the final, hopefully we are there. But even if we're not, it's not as if we've gone out to... A Sunday league team. Yeah, not a bad team. Thank you for rescuing yeah. that. Like we've gone out to a very high quality team. Um, and again, it's something to be proud of. But yeah, I think Sweden seem the more beatable. Yeah. I would agree with that. Yeah. So that match is going to be on Wednesday, the 16th of August at 11 a.m. I can't wait. I really can't. Um, I'm going to wear my England top to work, I think. Um, I'm going to get around that one. Um, but yeah, so Wednesday, the 16th of August for hopefully our revenge tour against Australia. Um, hopefully we get that one past them. Yeah. <laughs> so hopefully everyone stays fit. Everyone stays um, fully healthy. And yeah, we'll see if we do get through, if Serena picks Lauren James to be back in the starting lineup or whether she comes in as super sub. So she can't play next game, can she? Because she's banned. If we get through at the final, sorry. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, no, no, they're too much banned. She's still out the next one. Yeah. So if we get through, if we're being up. Yeah. Sorry. Um, <laughs> that was bad. Um, so yeah. We shall see what Serena decides. But for now, we are incredibly proud of our Lionesses. They did a phenomenal job today. And they keep telling us they're going to get better and better. Lucy's told us in her interview. And I think I agree with them. I think we're really growing into it now. And they just need to keep it, don't they? Yeah. Keep this momentum. Keep on pushing. And hopefully, Lucy can add her final trophy to her cabinet. Well, I'd like to just add another point to... Um to that Go on. um i'm not gonna waffle um with the legacy that england are leaving behind the legacy of this tournament they're leaving their equipment for central coast mariners who have been host to them during this world cup um are they? yeah they're leaving all their equipment it's about i'm not sure it's three hundred thousand dollars or 300 pounds i can't remember i think it's dollars because i read it on um, an australian website but the equipment's very expensive and it's to invest in grassroots football for the girls coming through um and wouldn't normally have that opportunity so i think you know this is england's time to make a statement and their conduct at the euros in a way that lots have brought forward this you know girls can play football too um this will be adding to this journey that they're on and so no matter what they win they they will achieve um because they've built on their legacy and they're allowing you know they're not just doing it within the uk they're, they're bridging out and there is pressure on other teams to do the same thing however we know how limited funding is and access to equipment and whether it's actually 
financially feasible um, with some teams having to go from me to get to the, the, uh, the tournament itself for like an economy class rather than business um, all this going on so yeah I think it'd be really cool but yeah I just wanted to shout out to the Lionesses for doing that because they're continuing to build their legacy and it, it's just a, a really positive thing to do and you know, I'm really glad that the FA have done that and it's now just to sort out their pay and their bonuses um so that they're actually paid appropriately as they should be uh for being very very successful at this tournament before and i'm not saying they're going to win it but for getting as far as they have they've been very very successful and they deserve that money because uh for some of them it will be life-changing and it will be you know going towards their university costs going towards accommodation getting them a better car you know they don't earn a lot of money it's going to be a big thing for them or their families depending on how much money they're on because um, a lot of them you know some of them are on like 20 grand a year so you know mm. to be told oh you're going to get a bonus of 30 40 grand you know that, that could be a house deposit so yeah i, I just want them yeah. to be paid properly so i won't rant um but yeah i just wanted a big shout out to lionesses for doing that and i think that's a really great gesture for the women's game and a great advert to uh, the england team and perfect sugar coating of the pill for england to go out and smash australia and go we beat you we got to the final but you can keep our equipment because we're awesome <laughs> um no i'm really glad you mentioned that because as we've seen this whole tournament the lionesses are not braggy and cocky like some of the teams that we won't mention yeah. but and for doing that and that's not making headlines like i didn't have a clue until you just said that um and i think i've just found the article you're talking about but yeah so it says three hundred thousand dollars worth of equipment yeah um, that so montgomery who's in charge nick montgomery who's in charge of the central course mariners um in the australian air league he's saying it's so important to have this equipment and they're leaving behind it to the only club on the central coast is a great gesture from them he then goes on to say not only will it help us to develop the young kids but also the first team and the w league team as well so it's not just they're leaving it for one club they're literally helping that whole community yeah. and we've seen it when again just quickly lucy um is from the northeast uh northeast girl and her former club was hit by really bad winds in the storm and she went she rang Nike and said, actually, can we donate some stuff to the club? And, you know, she contacted by saying, hi, my name's Lucy. I used to play for you. Like it wasn't a, I'm Lucy Bronze. This is what I'm going to do for you. It's a, what can I do? What do you need? What can I give you? Yeah. And I think that's the biggest difference between the women's and the men's game, unfortunately, that the women do remember where they've come from because it's still a reality for the majority of them. They're still very humble down to earth and they just want to help and put as much as they can back into grassroots you sit with the african players in the men's game but other than that you don't they tend to do it as a i'm forced to do it by the academy that i'm playing in because it's part of my job well to go and do this that and the other and you see them go to the hospitals at christmas and they're forcing a smile and forcing themselves to be nice with the kids and give them presents it's just like just stop don't go if you're going to be that awkward but this is very humble and it's great to see and i just love it and it just shows you what a great team of personalities they've got playing in in the women's game and how you know even though they don't have a lot they're like what can we do to help and they they're doing their best for for grassroots which the men should be doing as well but 
you know everything it always comes down to the women to sort things out so if you want a job doing property um ask a lady um yeah. obviously don't come at me with the sexist comments i am tongue-in-cheek with that um but yeah everything the lionesses do seems to be straight from the heart doesn't it um, and that's yeah. why we love them so much and support them as much as we do now thank you very much for listening and we will say one thing because we love aston villa kirsty hansen is officially yeah. a villain <laughs> what we've been waiting for the whole season the whole summer she's finally signed it's finally been announced and uh Manchester United fans, don't worry, we will take very good care of her. Uh, so just wanted to finish on that incredibly positive note. Carla Ward, you are an absolute genius um, getting the signings in that you have. And Villa next season, oh, we're going to be forced to, to be reckoned with, aren't we? Um, so, yeah. so we'll get Rachel and Jordan back um, from the World Cup, hopefully in one piece, as we hoped and predicted. And uh, yeah, our team is going to be unstoppable. Um, I have just seen that's come from a watch that Villa did get beat 5-1 by Newcastle Villa men. Um, but we won't talk about that. We'll focus on the women. <laughs> so again, if you want something done properly, yes, yeah, the women. Exactly. Um, and they will. They will get it done. Uh, pushing for top spot this year. Yeah. 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 <laughs> As always. Right. So we will wrap that up now. So thank you very much for listening. As usual, we really, really do appreciate it. And again, any comments, any, um, if you want to share the love, please do so. If you don't already, we are across all social media platforms as the whole 115 yards you can't miss us so come and give us a like a follow and share it with anyone who you think loves the women's game too so thank you and we'll see you next time see you next time